Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of CityWalk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with CityWalk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search CityWalk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Morning, CityWalk Church. How are we doing? Morning, or actually evening, for those of you that are watching online at 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, Whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, I'm uh, thankful to be back. As as Cherie said, man, it was good to have a few weeks off, but it's exciting to be back, and it's exciting to enter a new year and to just see what God has uh, for us in this next year. Uh, as I, uh, we, we were getting ready for this series, uh, we felt, man, we prayed a lot about, uh, you know, what do you, what do you start the year off with? What do you start the year off with when, man, you've uh, had a year maybe in the last year that you didn't expect, and so, man, God has uh, pr- kind of pressed on our hearts some things. So I'm excited about this series that we're starting today uh, that will lead us right into our second birthday, which is at the end of the month, and so we've got a lot planned for that. Uh, but it's going to be a really good year. Uh, as I was uh, thinking about this, this uh, series and what we're going to talk about today, I was reminded of, go all the way back to your elementary age, go all the way back to school, and uh, think about what some of the best days that you had when you were a kid. So when you came home from school, what made, when your mom said, hey, how was your day? What, what determined whether it was, man, this was the greatest day or this was an awful day? Maybe for you, it was what we had for lunch or, you know, who you got to play with on the playground. But, but for most of us, one of the best days you could ever have is when you were handed an invitation to somebody's birthday party. I mean, think back when you were a little kid, like when you got money in, in the mail, that was a really good day. But another really good day is any time you would get invited to somebody's birthday party. And, and in my city where I grew up, there was a place called the Family Fun Center on, on Florida Avenue. Here's a picture of it. And, and it was a place that, man, it was, if you got invited to a birthday party, that was great. But man, if it was at the Family Fun Center... You didn't sleep for days. You were excited because, man, you had, you're like, I could care less about the kid I'm going to the birthday thing for, but, man, we're going to get some tokens. We're going to get to play mini golf, maybe some laser tag. And it was kind of the place to go. But as good as it is to be invited, and you remember, man, a little kid come home, hey, sus. My, fu- my, my watch just thought I said, hey, Suri, and started talking to me. Is that weird? Ah. Uh, but as, as good as it is to get invited to a birthday party, it's really, really bad, and hopefully you didn't experience this a lot, but it's really, really bad when everybody in your class got an invitation, but you didn't. And, and you know how that feels too, man, when man, you see everybody else getting an invitation to the, to the party, and then you, you look up and, man, you didn't get invited, And maybe worse than not getting invited is when you show up to a party or you show up to an event 
and it's very clear that you're not welcome there. It's very clear that, man, it's awkward, and people don't say anything to you, but they make it really clear, like, you're not supposed to be here. Maybe it's because you, you didn't, maybe you don't live in the right neighborhood, or you don't have the right politics, or you don't, you know, something about you doesn't fit with everybody else, and so maybe they don't say it out loud, but they make it really clear that, you know what, you're not welcomed here. You don't have what it takes. You weren't born in the right place. You don't have the right politics. And none of us like to feel, and we've all felt this way, that, that feeling of being not invited or not welcomed. And as bad as that is as it relates to a birthday party or to an event, for some of you, if you're honest, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're here this morning, you felt the same way about the church and your relationship with God. And here's what I mean. You, in your mind, you thought, man, I don't know enough about the Bible, and I've got a pretty, pretty heavy past, and I, man, I've got some things in my life even right now that I'm not super proud of. And so you, if you're honest, you've kind of felt like the uninvited guest at God's birthday party, and you're kind of like, I don't know that he really wants me here, but I'm here, and you just feel unwelcomed. And for some of you, you unfortunately, you felt that way about the church and about your relationship with God. And to make matters worse, the church has caused it in some of you. The church actually is to blame in some instances because the church hasn't always done a really good job representing who Jesus is. And because we haven't always done a good job representing who Jesus is, sometimes we look at our relationship with God or our relationship with the church and we feel like, I don't think that's really for me. I don't think I really fit in. I don't, I don't have what it takes. I don't know enough to really kind of fit in that crowd. But, but here's what's real interesting. If you read through the Gospels, whether you're a follower of Jesus or whether you're not, if you've read any into the Gospels, you'll find out that some of Jesus' favorite people to connect with away from were actually people that the religious leaders tried to stay away from. So some of the very people that Jesus went to dinner with and that Jesus hung out with were, were the same people that the religious leaders, they tried to avoid. Yet as you read about Jesus, things were different. The religious crowd of the day, man, there was a, a certain type of people that they wanted to hang out with, certain type of people that they wanted to be around because they were trying to keep up kind of a front and a reputation. But one thing you'll notice about Jesus, and this is such a blessing, is this. Jesus is more concerned about our heart than his reputation, all through the Gospels and even today, Jesus never made decisions on who he was going to hang out with based on how is this going to affect my reputation. He was always more concerned about the heart of the person, not his reputation. There's a story in the book of Luke, and Luke was written by a doctor, and, and, and Luke uh, is one of the four uh, historical accounts we have that we call the Gospels. And Luke wrote about a situation where Jesus was invited to a dinner. He was invited to a dinner by some religious guys. 
And at this dinner, things did not go as planned. And in fact, things went off the rail way different than anyone expected. And it's found in Luke chapter 7. If you have your Bible or your phone or it'll be up on the screen, uh, you can follow along. It says this. It says, then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him. He entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. So Jesus, it's, man, he's, he's a, he, he goes and hangs out with a lot of people. So he, he has a religious leader named Simon that says, hey, man, you, you want to come over and have dinner? I'm having a little banquet, inviting some of the, the local guys. You want to come over and, and kind of hang out with us? And Jesus says, yeah, man, I'll, I'll come over. And, and, and Simon wasn't asking Jesus to come over to dinner because he just wanted to hang out with Jesus. No, Jesus was a threat to the religious crowd. And so probably what Simon's goal was, was he wanted to spend time with Jesus and, and get, catch Jesus saying something or doing something that would discredit Jesus. That was probably what the motive of Simon was. It wasn't that he just wanted to hang out and watch the game with Jesus. It was, I'm trying to spend some time with this guy and hopefully find out something about him that I can use to discredit him. And so Jesus, he comes over and they, they're spending some time together. And here's what's interesting about banquets of this day. Banquets of this day, in this case, were probably under a, a, like a tent and the sides of the tent were up. And so if you were in the city and you, you wanted to hang out and you wanted to kind of hear the inside scoop, it was very normal for people to kind of hang outside of the tent, kind of on the sides, and kind of listen in to the people at the banquet and kind of hear about what they're talking about. Because there's no TMZ, there's no Instagram, there's no tabloids to kind of find out the inside scoop about stuff. And so, man, if there was important people kind of having dinner, you just kind of snuck up beside where they're having dinner, and right outside their tent, you listened in. And so, man, this thing was probably marketed as, hey, two religious leaders are having a, a conversation. And so, man, people are around the tent. They're kind of just listening in to this conversation and the, the talk of what Jesus and Simon are talking about. And so that's, okay, no problem. Having dinner, some religious guys. And, and then something happens that nobody expected. Verse 37, uh, it says this. It says, and a woman in the town who was a sinner. So in this day and age, in, in this society, women were not respected. In this society, they weren't invited to banquets. In this society, religious leaders, they didn't even, they wouldn't even talk to them. And so, man, this, this woman, she's kind of hanging out. And then Luke, he says it in a really nice way. He says, this woman who's a sinner. And basically, that's a really nice way to say she's a prostitute. So, so this prostitute that is small city, everybody knows what she does. It's not like they're hiding out. No, every, okay, there's the, the city prostitute, one of them, she's hanging out. So, so she's right there, and it says this. It says, and a woman in the town who was a sinner found out that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume. So this, this girl finds out that Jesus is at this banquet. She shows up with this really, really expensive jar of perfume. A, a jar of perfume that was probably worth about a year's wages. So, so this is 
Like you didn't go to like the Walmart section of Colognes and buy the 9.99 Stetson. Like you or the, the old school, like the Brute or the Old Spice, you can get about $5.99 for a little gift pack. No, this is the expensive stuff. And she brings it to this banquet and she's kind of hanging out. And then, then it, it goes from uh, kind of not normal to like really gets off the chain here, here in the next verse. It says, she stood behind him at his feet. And be, it, no, I, I skipped over. It says, found out that Jesus was reclining at the table. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume and stood behind him at his feet, weeping. So this girl shows up. She's got this perfume. And then all of a sudden she starts crying. So I don't know if this is like middle school girl in the back of the classroom starting to whimper and it's starting to be noticeable and then she starts crying harder and harder and then it gets awkwarder and awkwarder. I don't know how long this lasted, but this lady is is kind of off to the side right behind Jesus and she's got this perfume, she's a prostitute, and she just starts crying. She starts weeping. And and from what Luke says, I mean, she starts weeping and weeping. I mean, it's, it's starting to get intense. It's getting really awkward as these people are trying to have dinner. But then she does this, it says, and after she's weeping, it says, and began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with her hair, kissing them and anointing them with the perfume. So put yourself in this scene. Put yourself in this scene. You're, you're sitting at a table with the respected religious leaders kind of of your city. They've invited this other guy named Jesus who you've been following a little bit. He's, he claims to be God's son. He's been teaching. He's been healing. And you know there's something special about him. The way he teaches is unlike anybody else. You, you can tell there's something about this Jesus that's different. And while you're eating and while you're kind of listening into the conversation, this, this well-known prostitute comes and stands right behind Jesus and begins to cry uncontrollably. And, and her tears, from your perspective, seem to come from both a place of brokenness over her lifestyle and overwhelming love for Jesus. Like you can just see it in her that she's broken, but that she loves Jesus. And then what she, she begins to kiss his feet and cleans them with her tears. Not only that, she begins to take this extremely expensive perfume. I mean, right in the middle of the banquet. And she pours this out on Jesus' feet. And, and, and you watch as Simon, the guy that kind of organized the, the banquet, he's not saying a whole lot, but you can tell he's thinking a lot. I mean, you've been in those places where like something really awkward's happening around you, and you don't say anything out loud right away, but you're thinking a lot of things, and that's exactly what's happening. Like Simon's seeing all this, and, and you can tell this guy is, there's something going on inside. He is not happy about what's happening. And, and Luke goes on and he tells us, he says this, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him. She's a sinner. 
Basically, he's saying, man, if, if this guy really was who he claimed to be, if he was really this religious guy sent by God, he would know what this girl was all about. He would know that this is going to ruin his reputation. There's going to be scandal, drama. He wouldn't even get around this girl if he really was a religious person. Because again, these religious guys, they, they were trying their best to keep up kind of an outward appearance. And they did not need scandal. They were not trying to get drama. And this girl, this, this, girl, this was going to, they were going to write about it in the tabloids if there were tabloids. Because this was not normal. And so Simon, he's, he's thinking all this, thinking that Jesus doesn't even know what he's saying because he's thinking it inside. And Jesus says this, Jesus replied to him, Simon, I, I have something to say to you. He said, say it, teacher. So Jesus, he's hearing his thoughts. He knows exactly what Simon's thinking. And so Jesus, like he does, instead of saying, hey, sit down, I want to lecture you, Jesus says, hey, can I just tell you a quick story? And, and Simon, yeah, go. Tell me, what, what, what do you need to say, Jesus? And so Jesus tells him, and, and it, this is what Jesus did in a lot of settings. He would tell a story to prove a point. He says, let, let me tell you the story. He says, in verse 41, a creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. So Jesus, this is something everybody understands. He says, hey, Simon, there was, there was a creditor, there was a bank, and there were two people that owed this bank. One person owed this bank what would be about two months normal wages. So, I mean, it's a pretty good amount, about two months of wages. But then there was this other person, Simon, who owed the same bank, who owed the same creditor about a year and a half to two years worth of wages, so you got these two people, Simon. You got one person who owes about a month and a half to two months wages. But then you got this other person who owes the same guy a year and a half to two years wages. So I mean, a substantial amount of money. And Jesus goes on in verse 42. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which one of them will love him more? Simon, you're a pretty smart guy. This isn't rocket science. This isn't a trick question. If somebody owed about two months wages and somebody owed about two years wages and they were both forgiven, who do you think's going to love the person they owed more? Who do you think's going to be more thankful? Not, a, not rocket science, not a trick question. What do you think, Simon? Simon answered, well, I suppose the one he forgave more. You have judged correctly. Give Simon two cookies because he got the question right. Buddy, you, you're right. Duh. Yeah, the person that owes a pile more is probably going to love and be a little bit more grateful than the person who owed a lot less. Not rocket science. And Simon, good for you. You got the right answer. And then Jesus, he says in verse 44, it says, he's turning to the woman. So he's talking to Simon. This woman's right here. He just... Simon just gave him the correct answer. So he turns to the woman and he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she with her tears has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. In this society, 
When you showed up, like if you showed up to my tent for a banquet, what would be just normal hospitality is I would provide someone to wash your feet. That was normal. They walked around on dirt roads all day in sandals. And so it was normal that you, you as a host would provide someone to wash feet. But Simon didn't. And so Jesus is pointing out, hey, man, you, you didn't do this. But this woman, she, she washed my feet. And, and then Jesus goes on and he says, you gave me no kiss. But she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with olive oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. Jesus is saying, hey, you've shown no care or hospitality for, this, for your guest, yet this woman has gone overboard to love and honor me. You've done nothing that would even be normal, but this woman has went way overboard to love and honor me, unlike what you've done, Simon. And then Jesus says this, such an important verse. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. But the one who is forgiven little, loves little. Let's read this again. Therefore I tell you, he's talking to Simon, he's, right there there's this woman. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. Because she's been forgiven, she loved much. She, she, she was forgiven, and then she loved much. Out of a place of gratitude, out of a place of forgiveness and thankfulness, she loved much. She didn't, she didn't do this so she would be forgiven. She did this because she had been forgiven, and so she could do nothing but show gratitude and love to Jesus because of what he had done for her. It says... Verse 48, then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. See, see, Jesus, he wasn't suggesting that she had earned forgiveness, but her actions were an evidence that she had been forgiven. And so you, you think about this woman, and, and, and whether you've grown up in church, whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, you, you read this, maybe you've heard this story before, and it's like, okay, woman comes, prostitute, they you know, wife's feet and all this stuff. And it's, okay, next story. But in this setting, you have to think, you have to ask yourself this question. Like, why did this woman come and do this? Like, she could have been forgiven and she could have been, had a relationship with Jesus and wouldn't have had to come and be publicly embarrassed. Everybody knew she was a prostitute. I mean, she was bold and courageous to come to a party she wasn't invited to. She was bold and courageous to, in the middle of these religious leaders talking, be so overwhelmed with Jesus that she wanted to love and honor him as everybody around was talking about her. Why would she do this? Could it be that this lady had heard Jesus teach? Could it be that she had seen the love in his eyes as he taught and she couldn't shake it? See, as you, you think about it, you think, well, what could Jesus, what could she have heard? What could she have listened to Jesus talk about? That would have motivated her to put herself out like this to love and honor Jesus. Well, 
right before this banquet takes place, if you look back in Luke, you'll notice that John the Baptist, some of his followers and some of his disciples had just come to ask Jesus some questions. John had sent them to Jesus to ask Jesus some questions. And if you look in Luke, that's right before this banquet. But then if you were to turn over to Matthew and you were to look at the exact same account as Matthew writes about Jesus interacting with John the Baptist. So this is probably that day or just the day before, right in that same area. You, Matthew tells us what Jesus had been teaching that day. That this woman very likely would have heard. So what do you think it was? What do you think this lady could have heard Jesus say? That would have possessed her to put herself out, to be courageous when everybody was saying things about her, to come and love and honor Jesus. Well, this is what Jesus taught that she probably heard. In in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, come to me, all of you who have their stuff together and their life cleaned up. Oh, that's not, that wasn't the translation I was reading. Uh, no, no, no. That's not what Jesus said. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you a list of things to do. No. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble or gentle in heart and you will find rest for your souls. I think this phrase right here is probably what that lady needed to hear. Ma'am, you will find rest for your soul. Come if you're weary Come if you're burdened, and I will give you rest for your soul. That place on the inside that you strive and you work so hard to fill, I will give you rest for your soul. Over the years, we've all experienced what it feels like to not be welcomed or to be not invited for some, if we're, we're completely honest, you've felt that as it relates to your relationship with God. I already mentioned that. Like you've, you felt like the person that wasn't invited or not welcomed and, and you didn't feel like you, you really fit into to what God was doing and, and, and your, the way your life was. I mean, you really, I, I, I don't think God really wants me the way I am. I and mean, you felt that. Maybe you've never said that, but you've probably felt that. And so what, we've try, what we try to do when we feel that way, when we feel this disconnect and, and we know there's something between us and God is we, man, we, we are Americans, we try to fix it. And, and so that's what you've done probably. You tried to fix it on your own. You, you, you cut that relationship off for a little while. Like, oh, I know that relationship's bad. I'm going to get that out of my life. You, you, you quit that habit, that destructive habit that you knew was pulling you away and that, that addiction and you're like, man, I got to get that out of my life so, so I can connect up with God a little bit. 
You, you, you started maybe using your money differently. Like maybe if I give a little money to charity, maybe do something at the church, I'll give a little money. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll start going to church more than Easter and, and Christmas and, and maybe go to church once or twice, you know, a quarter now, try to, try to get a little farther away from my past. If I can do that, if I can clean things up enough, if I can just do a little bit more, if I can clean things up enough, the guilt will go away and I'll earn my invitation to connect with God. If I can just get that out of my life and I can just add that to my life and I can just start doing that a little bit more, then that guilt will go away and I'll get invited to God. I'll get invited into that relationship. It won't feel awkward anymore. But, but here's the only problem. The invitation can't be earned it can't be earned. See, if, if we could earn a relationship with God, Jesus would have never came. Well, why would Jesus leave heaven to come to earth to, to be beat and give his life if we could earn it ourselves? If I could earn favor with God, if I could earn like to get in kind of on the inside scoop with God, then Jesus would have never came. But here's the really, really good news. You're invited. You're invited if you're watching online. The good news is you're invited already. Adulterer, you're invited. Alcoholic, you're invited. Porn addict, you're invited. Town gossip, you're invited. Person with a crazy past, you're invited. Workaholic, you're invited. You've already been invited to connect with God. See, you got a past you're ashamed of? You're invited. See, Jesus invites you into a relationship with him that will transform you. And he invites you not based on who you are, but based on who he is and what he did. He invites you, and here's what's the beautiful thing, is Jesus invites you into a relationship, and he loves you so much, he will not leave you the same way you are. He will transform you. When we're invited into a relationship with Jesus, the scripture says that when we start a relationship with Jesus, that we become new on the inside, and old things are passed away, behold, all things become new. You're invited into that relationship. See, Jesus doesn't run away or avoid you like maybe other people do because he's worried about his reputation. Jesus is more concerned about our heart than his reputation. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're watching online, would you just kind of quiet, just right where you're at in the living room, or maybe you're watching in your car, maybe you're listening to this on a podcast, would you just, in the quietness of wherever you're at, would you just take a second to maybe reflect on this idea of being invited into a relationship with God? Just reflect on maybe what the ramifications of being invited, just as you are, into a relationship with God. 
For some of you, as you just in the quietness of this room or you're watching online, for some of you, just as you really allow that idea to wash over you, it gives you hope. Because if you're honest, you have tried really, really hard to fix yourself, to put on a good face, and you know you can't. You've tried everything. So to be invited into a relationship with God that transforms you, not based on who you are, but who he is, should give you hope, should bring you hope. If you're here this morning or you're watching online this evening, and you would say, hey, Chris, man, I, I, at this point in my life, I've never said yes to the invitation. I've heard about how Jesus died for my sin, and I've heard about how Jesus went to the grave and rose from the grave and how he did that to pay for my sin and how he wants a relationship with me. I've heard about that, but Chris, I've never said yes to his free invitation. You can do that this morning. You can start 2021 by saying yes to Jesus. You say, how would I do that, Chris? Well, man, just in the quietness of this room with every head bowed and every eye closed, or maybe you're watching online, would you just, in your heart, between you and God, would you be willing to admit to God that you've sinned? Would you be willing to admit to God that you're not perfect? And then just in the quietness of your heart, would you just be willing to tell God, I, I believe I believe that when you died on the cross and rose from the grave, that you did that for me. And then would you just, in the quietness of this moment, would you just say yes? Would you just say, Jesus, I accept your invitation. I want to start a relationship with you that will transform me. Yes. If you're here this morning, or maybe you're watching online, and you said yes to that invitation this morning, you told Jesus that, hey, I know I've sinned, believe you've died and rose for me, and I just want to say yes, I want to start a relationship with you. If you did that, I want to encourage you to fill out that next steps card that's right in front of you. If you're watching online, you can get it on our app. And in that, on that card, there's a spot that says, hey, I prayed to start a relationship with Jesus. Just check that box. And on your way out, you can put that in the offering boxes. And man, we just want to email you, connect with you maybe this week, and just make sure you understand your decision. We're not going to bug you, but it's such an important and exciting decision. We'd love to just be a help to you. For many of us watching online and, and here this morning, you've already said yes to that invitation. Maybe it was 10 years ago, maybe it's been 50 years, maybe it was last week, but you've already said yes. You've already started a relationship with Jesus. And if that's you today, today should be a day that you humbly thank Him for the grace in your life. May we, may we never take for granted that we at one time were the lady in the corner of the banquet weeping. That was us. And instead of judging us, Jesus gently loved us and called us into a relationship. We were that person. 
And, and may we never, never, never take that for granted. May we never, never, never forget that. And may it be what motivates us to love and serve him in 2021. And so for you, if you've already made that decision, maybe today your, your decision or maybe your response to Jesus is just thank you. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me hope. May that motivate me to love and serve you this year. Lord, I thank you for the invitation. I thank you, Lord, that I've been invited. Thank you that those that are here, those that are watching, we've been invited. And Lord, I pray that that we would say yes, that we would say yes to that invitation. And then once we say yes, and many of us have already done that, Lord, that we would never forget what it was like to be lost. And may we be motivated to love you and serve you and to share the good news with other people. Shame on us, Lord, if we hide it. Shame on us if we don't tell people about the cure. In Jesus' name, amen.